Well, I, I do like length. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Who in Knoxville, Tennessee, or the Knoxville area of East Tennessee knows a rain dance time? My yard could really, really use it time. It's that time of year time. You know what else time it is, guys? Baseball postseason time in Tennessee, whatever time of day it is. It's the right time for the Go Vols. 24-7 podcast, West Rucker, Grant Ramey, Patrick Brown, Fun Squad in the house here in the Fort Rucker sunroom, sadly. It's a beautiful sunny day to be in a sunroom, which is good. Bad Mom news. sunglasses. Bad news, still not the studio. It rained last night, and my rain dance was I turned a sprinkler on like a smart person with some... Water from a hose. On the you, you would think that as much time as Wes spends in his yard that he would have installed a sprinkler system or an irrigation system by now, to uh, be frankly honest. I, I do water my yard frequently in the front and the back and both sides. You do things to your yard of all kinds frequently. I mean, it looks nice. It does I look think. nice. I'll give you credit for that. We get a great view of it here in the sunroom. Huh? It's like Augusta National. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, we got the, the new trellis over here with the, with the... I don't know what that is. Hold the the thing that hold makes the vertical climbing roses go up is what Looks that like does. Lattice. It's not lattice, Grant. We got plenty to talk about today. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to all that. This is a basketball podcast, FYI, in case you couldn't tell by the intro. Uh, got some good news to talk about today, guys. Got some uh, expected bad news uh, for Tennessee. Maybe not the worst news, but a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, a little bit of in between i guess we'll start since we're all such optimistic sunny people here since grant's got his sunglasses on i've got my baywatch tank top on we're going to discuss tmi but keep going tmi that you're wearing sunglasses baywatch tank grant some people stand in the darkness afraid to step into the light don't don't get me started on baywatch back on the tracks i'll talk about that all day long i live off not on this podcast you won't i live off the tracks man Tennessee got some basketball news it was uh, expecting this week or late last week. Uh, it seems like uh, something that we've been reporting for a while, something we've been pretty crystal clear about. Uh, junior All-SEC point guard Jordan Bone has decided he will remain in the NBA draft, taking his talents uh, away from Knoxville, Tennessee. This is news that we, we pretty much expected. This is news that, that we said from the beginning we expected him to do. Uh, but Grant, now uh, we're not going to spin this and say it's great news for Tennessee. It might not be the end of the world, but certainly it's not ideal news. No, but it's uh, at a position where you can somewhat afford it, somewhat uh, feel good about what you have going on in your backcourt because you're uh, returning a senior in Jordan Bowden who has spent some time on the ball. You're returning a fifth-year senior in Lamonte Turner who's spent a ton of time on the ball. He can be a point guard option, and you uh, already have your – first five-star signee of the Rick Barnes era, Josiah James, already on campus, uh, and he should be, uh, in a perfect world, the answer at point guard and keep Lamonte off the ball and, and Bowden, and, and you have a lot of experience uh, around him, a lot of talent in him, uh, and uh, it's, it looks like a pretty good backport. So if there is one place that you can lose uh, a guy like Jordan Bone and all all the things he did last year for this program, uh, it's in the backcourt. Yeah, and I've been trying to explain this to people for a while that, you know, I, I've been around college basketball 
I was one of those kids growing up who liked college basketball more than college football in the South. Just one of those weird kids I've always loved college basketball, specifically SEC basketball, which growing up, man, that was not an easy thing to love sometimes because there were years where it was just two good teams and then a bunch of crap. Um, But there have been some years when there have been a bunch of good teams. I think it's been a good cycle for the league recently, so it's been more interesting now. Uh, But bottom line, I've covered this stuff since, since 2000, been around it longer than that, and I have seen teams win a lot of games with backcourts much worse than Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden, Josiah Jordan James, Jalen Johnson. I have seen teams win a lot of games with backcourts much worse than that. The question I still have is what Tennessee will be able to do in the front court. I think that's where there's a lot of things to replace. That's where things could be kind of a work in progress next season. They could take some lumps in that area, uh, some growing pains, if you will. That that could happen. Um, but I think in the backcourt, I'm not going to sit here and say that you're not going to miss Jordan Bone because you are. Uh, this is a, look, look at his NBA combine testing numbers. The kid's a freak. But, but Tennessee fans know that. Tennessee fans didn't need to see those numbers to see what kind of athlete he is. Um, with the ball in his hands, he is – unbelievable he's a blur with the ball in his hands and he learned how to play the position and if you're a Tennessee fan maybe it's frustrating that he's a junior and he it took him you know basically almost two full seasons to finally start becoming the player he could be and then you get one great season from him and then he's gone or one really good season I think he could have been a little bit better at times but it was a really good season and it's unfortunate that sometimes you're like, ah, oh, you put all this work in and you put all this investment into a guy. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you put all this emotional investment into a player. Uh, if you're Rick Barnes and his staff, you 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 spend a lot of um, you put a lot of emo- emotional blood and sweat investment into this player, and then you develop him, and then you get one really good season, and then he goes. But that's the deal. Um, you know, John Calipari does that with guys one and done types, where he gets right. one great season all the time. So that's the way it goes. Uh, but I, I, I don't think, and, and I think, Pat, you're a basketball guy too. I know you don't cover a ton of Tennessee basketball, but you watch it and you've covered it before and you are you watch more NBA probably than both of us. So you, you've been around the game. Um, I, I want to ask, secondly, we'll talk about maybe Bone as an NBA prospect because I, th- I think there's some interesting things to discuss there. But just in general, with the loss of Tennessee and with what they have coming back with him, what's that do to Tennessee's backcourt? Well, I, I think you guys have talked about it. I think the backcourt is still in, in decent shape. I mean, you could be <clears throat> in a lot worse situation um, than they are. Um, when, when you still have Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowne who play a lot of played in a lot of big games. Uh, they know what it takes, and, and those are going to have to be the guys that kind of, uh, to me, that set the tone and maybe influence um, the rest of the team. Kind of like you know we saw with Admiral Schofield, uh, and like we did with um, Grant Williams as well. Those are going to have to be the guys that are always in the gym and I know I know Lamonte sort of already wired that way but they're gonna have to be sort of the you know the leaders of, of this team that's gonna have a lot of new pieces on it um and the question is the backcourt and again you guys talked about it too I mean you're bringing in a, a talent who you know you guys know better than I do if he's where he is in sort of the one and done possibility with he's definitely in the conversation he's yeah in, he's so. in the conversation I think he might be more of a two-year guy Perhaps, or, or maybe, maybe, maybe even a three-year guy, but but he's potentially a one-and-done guy. And that's the thing about that's the thing about basketball that makes it different from from footballs with the you know the NBA and transfers and all these things. Your team can change pretty drastically from one year to the next, and so it's going to be interesting to me to see how uh, Rick Barnes and his staff sort of uh, 
create the identity of this team because the identity of, of these previous teams were Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield, and you kind of worked off them. And Feed now the post and yeah, go from there. Yeah, you're going to have to find different ways to play. I yeah. don't know if that's – Inside out was their preferred I don't know method. if that's cranking up the tempo. I don't know if that's uh, tweaking some things with like, what they do within their offense. Um, they're just going to have to maybe sort of shift their um, focus from being a uh, pound you in the block – crash the boards, those kind of things uh, on the offensive end to, to maybe more guard, um, uh, guard-oriented stuff, maybe even more, you know, more, more pick and rolls where you let one of those three guys sort of operate and, and you know, make plays and, and set other guys up, things like that. Yeah, what I'm fascinated with is if they're going to try to maybe add another piece, try to add a, you know, a, some sort of a, a transfer guard, do something like that, and then they can really – really push tempo because they'll have the numbers to do that, or if they're going to play a shorter bench, which means they can't quite play the tempo that they want to play. Uh, I think that's going to be an interesting interesting deal. Will they play more risk-reward defense? Um, you know, will, will they try to get out, and will they know they're going to give up some points so they want to go, do what Auburn does is, and be really aggressive on defense, kind of cut off lanes, try to you know jump passing lanes, play risk-reward, get steals, get transition, get buckets that way. Um, will they shoot more three-pointers? You know, what what will be – sort of their style i think that's going to be something fascinating to watch another thing that I, another area that i think bone is going to be maybe the toughest to replace in um and I, I thought the leap he made and it was a leap from his sophomore year to his junior season just just how much better he got he was like a one-man run stopper yeah i mean the other team there'd be road games where the other team would have, be on a little run have you know score a couple possessions in a row tennessee would you know have a lead and it get dwindled down he would just go down and calmly you know pull up hit a jump shot get to the basket you know, those kind of things. And, and they're going to need to find a guy who can be that sort of calming influence and like, okay, when we need a bucket, this guy can go get it. Um, and, and obviously they had that with the other guys too, but Bone this past year, I mean, he just – five seconds in the shot clock, he's right back down the floor, yep. gets an open space. Because he'd been coached to do he's that. A, he's yeah. an underrated shot maker. For yeah, sure. I mean, he's just great, you know, really good pull-up game. That's something that he always had even when – even before he sort you, of – You go back to that Kentucky game, game. – yeah. Uh, in March at Thompson Bowling Arena, that's that's one of the best games the Tennessee point guards ever played. Yeah, I can't remember what he was from the field. It was unreal. It was yeah, crazy. It was a great game. Uh, what he did in that game, I bet. I think they will. Uh, I don't. This isn't from talking to people. This is my own educated guess. I would I would want to run more uh, because of the the guys you have in the backcourt. You have you can have Josiah running the point. I would try to get as many easy buckets as I can get because you're not going to be able to sit there and dump it down on the block and expect uh, one of these bigs that's stepping in for Kyle Alexander, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield uh, to manufacture points and to do it the hard way. They're going to want to get as many easy buckets as you can. If you can't run, uh, it's going to be a hard time staying in this offense. I mean, you you look at the guys they added, Euros Plavsic, if he can run, as if he's going to be eligible, they're, they're going to run him because he can run. He can move. He's, a, he's 7'1", 240, but he can get out and go and he can play in space. Uh, Olivier Robinson, he can run too. Uh, I think those are the guys yeah, he's you're targeting very athletic. Uh, because you want to keep running the floor and you want to have that pay, uh, that tempo go as fast as you can. And we know Fulkerson can run too. Laugh all you want. We, he, he can, if he, he can stay on his feet, he can he, run. When he's not there running awkward. I mean, he, he runs awkwardly kind of like a baby giraffe, but, I mean, he, he, he gets there and he's he's a pretty mobile guy. It's just knees and elbows flailing. That's all it is, a bunch of knees and elbows. Uh, all that pals has not beefed him up quite yet. Uh, good good luck with that, Garrett Maidenwald. But, you know, it, it, it's – and I'll, I'll say this too. I think people assumed 
at times that that Grant and Admiral were this team's two leaders. They just assumed it. And they were two of the leaders. But I've been trying to explain to people for the past two or three years, pretty much ever since Kevin Punter left, the biggest alpha dog on this team is Lamonte Turner. Now, Admiral Schofield pushed him for it at times because Admiral could be that guy. But when you talk about just a mentality, the way you show up to work every single day, the way you challenge yourself and your teammates every single day, the way that you stand up for your teammates every single day, I've seen Lamonte Turner almost get into a fight at a summer pickup game because a couple guys scored a bucket and were running their mouth, and all of a sudden these are all big dudes too, and he'll get right up in their face. He is a little pit bull. He is one of the best natural leaders on this team and has been since he got on campus. So I think from a leadership standpoint, I don't think Tennessee, you know, they're, they're going to miss a lot of things about Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield. They're going to miss the fact that Grant Williams is a human bucket. When, when the shot clock's running down, when you're struggling, you just get the ball to two and he'll get you two points and that they'll miss that. Or, you know, when Admiral Schofield gets on a heater, they're going to miss that badly. They're going to miss the energy he brings to the, to the arena. But Tennessee basketball fans, the people who go to Thompson Bowling Arena on a fairly consistent basis will know this. Three-pointers from Lamonte Turner take the lid off that place. Mm-hmm. As every He and Admiral Schofield have been the two guys the past couple of years. Anytime they get going, and a little bit with Bowden because he's a local guy and everybody loves the local kid. Um, but Lamonte Turner, when he starts hitting shots, people start going, oh, oh boy, oh, boy, this is going to be fun. Here he goes, here he goes. And they get excited. Because they see the emotion he plays with. They see the way that he doesn't take any crap from anybody ever. Uh, And Rick Barnes trusts Lamonte Turner as much as he trusts anyone in the program. And and during NCAA tournament games, we can really see this. Because when, you know, during during the NCAA tournament, we get the seats that we used to have during the season. Where we'd be on the baseline, you know, right behind the benches. And you can watch right up in your face how coaches handle a game how staffs handle a game, who they talk to, what they talk about. And Lamonte Turner talks to Rick Barnes as much or more than anyone else on the team during a game because Rick will ask Lamonte's opinion on what he's seeing out there. So I think if this is, quote, Lamonte Turner's team, this will not be a bad basketball team. I don't know how good it's going to be. But when you see how much Lamonte Turner's been building, how much his game has improved over the past couple of years – I've always been bullish on Lamonte. I'll, I'll admit that. Probably more than most people are. I, I understand that. But I believe in this kid a lot. And I think with him and Bowden, if Bowden, he'll never, Bowden's never a natural alpha. He's just, that's not his personality. You know, he's, he's kind of more of a natural Robin. That's kind of the role that he prefers. But if he can be more consistent, uh, just a little bit more consistent in that backcourt, I think they'll be fine. I think they're both going to have to be more consistent. I think there's both been – they've both struggled some nights where they miss early shots and they yeah. kind of go missing for a game. And, and that's to be expected over the course of a career. But uh, when you're entering your senior year, uh, when you're going to be relying on your backcourt as much as this team is going to be relying on it, you, you have to be more consistent. And I think 100% is going to be Lamonte's team. Uh, how much does Rick Barnes talk about Kevin Punter in that year one and all that stuff? Well, Lamonte is basically the last guy standing. Yeah. Uh, from that class he didn't obviously he wasn't eligible to play that first year he sat out uh, but he still practiced with the team and he was still there and he was still learning this scheme and I mean this is his fifth year he's been here forever uh, it's time for him to take over and, and he's a guy that 
shadowed Kevin Punter in that year one yes. and, and learned how much time you had to be in the gym and learned. And Kevin, KP didn't take anything from anybody either. I mean, he no, had that same. No, still doesn't. He had that same bulldog mentality. I mean, it came from uh, the Bronx or whatever, Queens and not Alabama, but they've got the same kind of mindset. And I definitely think those two uh, will run things. And, and you, you want it to happen consistently. And, and, and you look at the top 25s that everybody kind of updated after the, the draft decision deadline, uh, and Tennessee's all over the map. They could be close to the top 10 or not in the top 25 because people don't really know. Uh, what to expect, but but this team will go uh, as Lamonte Turner takes it, as Jordan Bowden takes it in terms of consistently producing night in and night out. And thirty-one and six is that's not the standard. That's the exception. Yes, that is a uh, that is a uh, you have a once in a generation talent in Grant Williams, and you have Admiral Schofield who has done what he's done the last couple of years. Yeah, maybe they cycle back into that Jordan at some point. Bone, right, they'll, they'll build back into it, but I don't, I don't think anybody out there is expecting 31-6, and 31-6, and six, over and over and oh, over. I bet some people are. I'm sure, but uh, those people are going to be disappointed. But it's it's uh, it, it could be a good basketball team, but it's it's going to go as Lamonte takes it, I think. And, and before we move on, I'll, I'll say one thing here quickly. I, I think that, Grant, that's an excellent point, that there were times where Lamonte Turner – and Jordan Bowden would miss some early shots, and either in Lamonte's case he would just try to shoot himself out of it and would keep going, or in Bowden's case he would just kind of, you know, be he would just start thinking, okay, defer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play he would defer. Yeah, I'm going to play defense, and I'm going to try to get out and maybe get some transition buckets, but I'm not going to force the issue. I'm going to defer. I think part of that probably comes from at least those guys knowing that. Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and Jordan Bone were there. So they think if my games, if I'm not scoring, they're going to be scoring. So I'm going to let them take the shots because, hey, if I'm, why am I going to go one for six today or one for seven from three when I could get the ball to Grant Williams and have him go five for seven from inside the paint? You know, that, that these are smart guys. They think about things like that. I do think Bowden is more than intelligent enough to know that he can't do that anymore. He can't do that now. I bet that's been the conversation. I would almost guarantee you that there's a couple things that Jordan Bowden's working on this summer with the coaching staff. I bet one of them is probably sharpening his point guard skills just in case, just making sure he's tight on the handles and doing all those things, all those ball handling drills. And and the second thing is probably a mental exercise that is just going to be all the time. They're just going to be talking to him and saying, listen, be an alpha, be an alpha, be an alpha more or less, they're going to say, listen, you have to do this. If you don't score 16, 17 points per game, uh, this team won't be that great. So he's a guy who this becomes, it, it's a much, it, it obviously we know what it does to Lamonte's game, all these exits, but it puts more pressure on Bowden than there's ever been on, on Jordan Bowden because he's always been able to kind of, emerge and, and drop 25 when he's feeling good or just score four or five when he's not that those days are done if he does that now this team will not beat some most of the good teams on his schedule he has to go out there and score and he has to know that so I think that's going to be one of the most interesting subplots to follow throughout this season is will Jordan Bowden we all know he has the game to do it we all know I mean is there any doubt in this at this table in this sunroom here right now that uh, that Jordan Bowden has the ability to do that? No, and, and he could do it at multiple positions. 
one, two, and three. Yeah. He could run the one. He could run the. He obviously lives at the two. I think he could play the three if this team needs him to play the three. They have just as might start there. Like the intrigue starts with Bone and Lamonte. I mean, I'm sorry, Bowden and Lamonte, and what they do in the backcourt and how consistently they do it because this team is going to be as good as they make this team. Uh, but do you run Josiah Lamonte at the two and Bowden at the three if you don't get what you want from Jalen Johnson? Uh, or Eve Pons, does Eve get more time at the four because there's more limited uh, depth and bodies in the post? And based on what you're losing uh, in the post, is, is DJ Burns a four or a five? Is, I mean, there's a ton of questions, uh, but I think it starts with Bowden and Lamonte doing it more consistently. And, ha- and where does Bowden do it, and where does he spend most of his time? I, I think I, you know I, the, the ceiling of this team is going to be determined by how good Josiah James is to me. If he's, oh, yeah. if he's the real deal, this team could – and, it, and not drop, have much of a drop off, but if he comes in and and if he struggles, Rick's going to juggle point guards the way he's juggled point yeah. guards when Bone struggled, and that's a whole different. Yeah, topic. and that's if he's ready to handle, um, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see: do they play him on the ball? Do they play him off the ball? Do they make it where it's kind of, um, they can kind of shift it within games where that's what they did with with, with Turner and Bone. It was just whoever got the ball took the ball up the court, and the other yeah, one. Yeah, I mean was that's just if he's if he's the real deal, it doesn't even have to be right away. If it takes him till December or SEC play to sort of get into the groove and be what he can be, uh, I, I think he's a guy that's going to determine whether or not. I mean Tennessee, um, you know they were what a what seed were they two seed mm-hmm. two seed. do they go from you know being an eight nine seed or they get you know they get five six or do they drop out of the tournament altogether it's going to be to me it's going to be dependent on on him because if you've got a, <clears throat> an elite talent like him and he plays like an elite talent then he you could you know you he, have a pretty good team that could also, get to the second weekend he also walks that line of you want him to be productive and you want him to take over at point guard from day one but you really if you're tennessee or a tennessee fan you kind of don't want him to play his way into a one and done yeah. Uh, because you have Corey Walker, yeah. another five-star coming in in 2020, yeah. uh, a be, ton of 2020 talent. Still be out be really board. good. Maybe don't be that great. Maybe just be really, really no, good. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. So that's, that's the fun of – that's, that's where college basketball coaches uh, earn, their, earn their money. Oh, we, yeah. hope he's not, we hope he's not really good. We just hope he's kind of good. But people, before, before we go to break here, I will say that, that it's important to remember that maybe he adds this part to his game – but in turn, people think five star. They think points, usually, you know. And, and I don't think I, I, James can score. We we've seen from his high school days he can score. But you know, when he got with those those the rest of the Burger Boys there for that All Star weekend, please don't put any stock in the in the McDonald's All. No, no, no. But please don't. No, but what I'm saying is, you heard this about him too. Is that he is not. And Scout said this. I'm going to talk to Jerry Meyer about this. He's not a guy that's like I'm going to go out there and score thirty. He that that's not. He is more of a, you know, almost a triple double type guy. You know, than than that. He he's kind of a you if know. Jer- if Jerry Meyer said it, it's gospel. First of all, yeah. I mean, he he might be he might be like you know his freshman year or something more like a you know eleven six and six guy or something like that. Like that twelve six and six. That might be, and and that is people will say. Oh well, he's a five star. Why is he not scoring like twenty two or twenty three well, games? That's not set, his game. If he's right setting now. up a lot of other points, and yes, I mean that's when, the, when the he committed well. yeah. to Tennessee, and I talked to his coach at Porter God School in Charleston. He said he's just such a distributor that he had to have conversations with him going into his senior year when he was kind of more of the kind of only guy on roster. That you got to score, you got to be the guy, you got to take over. 
and he he had that scoring capability. He just kind of never really wanted to tap into it because he wanted to be a point guard. And there was, I mean, he was listed as a combo guard during his entire recruitment. He never wanted to be a combo guard. He wants to be a point guard uh, who distributes, and and that's fine with Tennessee. Is is if if he does that effectively, they're going to be a good basketball team. Hey, I got a question, guys. Do you do you guys like products? I love products, all kinds of. Products. I use products just about every day. Uh, how about services? How often do you use services? Every hour, maybe. Uh, do you, how how do you, how do you feel about in-house promotions? Is this a trick? No, just a question. Uh, a good, I there, guess. There are no wrong answers. Good. Well, then Goodly. I then I've got really really good news for you guys. Uh, we've got products, services, in-house promotions, uh, a, a veritable grab bag coming up here in a break, and we'll be right back here in just one second. Hashtag ad. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back. Guys, how do we feel about those products and services? Do we feel loved pretty it. good about them? I loved every minute of it. I feel on pretty the edge good. of my seat. I feel pretty good about it, too. Whatever product and service it was, it was probably outstanding. Uh, but we did. There was a second thing we needed to talk about today, a second main discussion point that we needed regarding Tennessee basketball, and that is that uh, Urosh Plavsic is now officially official a Tennessee volunteer. We didn't do this uh, last week because um, Ramey was selfishly on vacation because apparently people do that sometimes. He decided not to work for a full week, jerk. Uh, but we're back and we can talk about it now. And this is a big addition for Tennessee. We talked about it a little bit earlier, Grant, but this is a guy who is seven foot one, two hundred and forty pounds, and he can run. He's he Serbian. Yes. Serbian, large human. He's up like tw- I think he put on twenty five pounds during his, his season uh, at Arizona State. When he was holding the basketball in that picture there, he looked a little cut up. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a large human. Yeah, he can run. Uh, he can step out and play in assist. I mean he's a he's a European big man. He's gonna kinda fit that. Uh, stereotype, and you think about, I mean, Tennessee's going to do a waiver for his immediate eligibility, which they, Rick Barnes thinks they have a good case for because he went to Arizona State because of Drazen Zolvarek, who was a yep. GA at Tennessee. Uh, also Serbian. Also Serbian. He went to Cleveland State. Euros committed to Cleveland State. Draws, Draws went to Arizona State. Uh, that's where Euros ended up uh, signing, and then Draws is, uh, for whatever reason, let go. Not retained at Arizona State. That happened last month. Then Euros went directly into the portal. So, and he's obviously there's the connection to uh, Hamilton Heights Christian School yep. and Chatt- the Chattanooga area where uh, Euros played for what, a year. What Chattanooga? When he came from uh, Serbia. So he's getting closer to home. And there's been a coaching change. Uh, and obviously, you would think that bodes well. 
for a waiver, but then again, uh, when does the NCAA do stuff that makes sense? But for Tennessee, that's going to be a huge turning point, whether that, that goes through or not, because they need somebody to step in and be uh, the rim protector, kind of the anchor of the defense that Kyle Alexander was. Uh, and not only that, Euros can run like Kyle could run, uh, and he's a lot or, more experienced. Or Rick experienced. would want him. Right, and he's a lot more experienced uh, in the offensive game. I mean, Kyle was super um, a project when he got here. He'd only played basketball for, you know, whatever, two years and, and that whole storyline. Uh, I think Euros, uh, you, you, would, you would imagine he's a lot more skilled and a lot more natural with the basketball than Kyle was because he's been playing the game for so much longer. Yeah, the, those Eastern European big men are not usually stiffs. They're guys who can run in general. He's, he's not a big – I think I think Hurley said he didn't want a plotter as yeah. a big man. Yeah, and you look at it, you've got like whether they're Serbians, Lithuanians, you know, um, the big men from those areas, Montenegro, the, those guys um, usually can get up and down the floor pretty well. And now here, here's where it's interesting. I think a lot of people will say, and I think this is a fair thing, you wonder – if you're a Tennessee fan, part of you has to be wondering, wait, if this guy's 7'1", 240, can run up and down the court, has skill, why in the world did he redshirt at Arizona State? Which was a good team, but not a great team. It was a tournament team, um, but had to go play in the, the first four. Why did he did redshirt? Did they win their first four game? I can't remember. They did, didn't they? They beat St. John's. Sounds so they right. were they were really in the tournament. Bonafide yeah. tournament team. Yeah, they were, they were bonafide legit. Unlike the Cubs last season. Oh. You know, I, you didn't have to go there, Pat. But I went there. It's Proceed. Okay. That's okay. But that that's probably a fair question people will wonder right now is why did he why did he redshirt? Well, I think there's reasons for that. One, I think he needed to get bigger, and I think he did that. 25 pounds is a big deal. And, and two, sometimes if you're redshirted, that actually means the coaching staff likes you. Because if, if you – and I've heard this so many times with coaches. When you sign a kid – and you look at him. I had one coach. I'll never forget it. He explained to me he was a football coach, but he said, if I sign a turd, I got to look at that turd for four years. Why would I want to redshirt that turd and look at it for five years? You're going to play a guy usually if you don't think he's yeah, – if you just think he's yeah. – but if you're a guy like Kyle Alexander, when he got to Tennessee, they would have preferred to redshirt him because they, they kept thinking – Man, for a fifth year, this kid he just he needs that extra year. But as a, and imagine if Kyle Alexander was a fifth year senior going right. into next season, you know, which would have happened if if um, if the luxury was there. Yeah, if if Gumby the original hadn't transferred out, they would have been able to redshirt Gumby part two, and they wouldn't have had to do that. Um, you know, because Tariq Owens wanted to go play for a coaching staff that he he knew and, and all these things, and I get that. But bottom line is, I think sometimes when a guy is redshirted, that actually means that they like him because they think, wow, if we develop him with all this skill, he just needs to get a little bigger, you know, needs to get used to maybe another year or two of American culture. Like that'll help. And I know sometimes with international kids, like his first year, you know, uh, pawns could have redshirted. That wouldn't have been probably the worst thing in the world. So, you know, I, I think that's, that's something to remember is that just because you redshirt doesn't mean that they don't like you. Sometimes it means the exact opposite of that. Yeah, and I mean, shameless plug. I tried to do a depth chart on GoVols247.com. It's on the internets if you want to connect them uh, and see what's on there. Uh, Inter- Internet.com. It's really hard. GoVols247/slash stuff. Free trial. Yeah. It's really hard to project what's going to happen in the post until you know if Euros 
is going to have to sit a year. I mean, could, could he, he can, start? Yeah, I think he could start. I mean, he's 7-1. Over Fulkerson? Oh. No offense, John Fulkerson. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Wow. Kid. But yeah, I would start a seven footer. Consider that this uh, is Grant. This is Grant Ramey. The jumbo front court would be would be Burns. You know, it would be would probably be Burns and Plavsic would be like the right. jumbo. Right. If, if that's your four package. and five, I like where that starts based you know on what? what you're trying to replace. I've heard some pretty. I don't want to get people too excited, but I've heard some decent things about Zach Kent so far this summer. I He's think had, he, there's been a lot of positive buzz. Yeah. Even, even though, I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt that we haven't seen this kid in two years. No, but we do know that he has offensive skill. We just don't know if he can play defense and get up and down the right. court. But he's, but he's got skill. And he's 6'11". It, it seems like there is um, a, a direction. And Grant, you mentioned this earlier in the podcast about bringing in guys that can run as Wes opens a beverage. I believe it's an adult Delicious. beverage. Um, we can't tell. It's in a koozie. Uh, guys that can, you know, it, big it, guys. It, it, it is literally just after big guys that can run the floor and big guys that can that can spread the floor too. Um, you know, because Kent Kent can shoot, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah, one he of can the, step one, out and shoot from three. Uh, one of the better shooters on the team, arguably. Plavsich can he can step out and let it fly, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Burns can. Uh, a little Drew, bit. Yeah. Drew Pember is a guy that can, with some time, maybe can be a decent shooter. Yeah. So I think uh, that, I think he's a decent shooter now. I think his his problem is he needs a year in the weight room, just uh, like Devontae Gates. Does. His, his problem is he weighs probably 125 pounds. <laughs> and, and something that, um, <laughs> you know, when, when when they announced that he he had signed, you know, there was some some information and there were some questions. Why did this guy, if he's so good, why did he average nine points a game? If you're a seven footer in high school, how did you average seven? Average average like nine points a game. First of all, he's playing at Hamilton High, so it's a pretty good, high, pretty good high school program. And you're playing elite teams all the time. And, and not to mention, and I think this is the biggest thing. This is a what a 17 or 18 year old kid in a new co- in a foreign country for the first yeah. time. I mean, he's probably got a lot more going on in his mind than just basketball. But watching some clips of, of Flossage on YouTube, I mean, there's one where he, from him when he was like 16 or 18 or something like that, and he's doing he's doing everything. He's cutting the basket. He's setting teammates up. He's blocking shots. He's de- you know, affecting yeah. shots at the rim, hitting threes, doing all these things, and. Um, that's probably what Tennessee sees in him. Um, best case scenario is he's the next Nikola Jokic. Yeah, but that's not going to happen because Jokic is not making people in the post. <laughs> Jokic is a unicorn. There's not going to be another one of those guys around. Um, he plays for the Denver Nuggets for if you don't watch the NBA. Um, yeah, really fun to watch. Uh, Plods a little bit, but he and, and he's even, got the slowest Euro step I've ever seen. But it works. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, he's that's why he's sort of like a, a unicorn because you're like, how is that guy good at basketball? What, yeah, what's going on there? What am I but missing? Yeah, I mean he's. You know, triple double and all those things, but um, and and I think Plavsic played in the uh, maybe for the junior team of one of the like big Europe, you know, Serbian mm-hmm. European like power teams over there. So, um, yeah, he, he's, he'll, he's he'll be on the Serbian national team for a while. He's, he's seasoned. Uh, well, I mean, I don't say seasoned, I mean, it's it's a different game over here, and so, um, I'll be interested to see. I wish I could come to the first open practice you guys get. I will make immediate, I would make immediate uh, assumptions. Can he play? Can he not play? Uh, I don't know. First practice. There were, let him see. Let me see some five on five, and I'll I'll know. But uh, I I see why. Just watching some highlights of him, I, I see why uh, a lot of people are excited about what he could be. If he can protect the rim like Kyle did, I thought Kyle was pretty good defensively. Yes. Uh, if he can avoid the foul trouble, mm-hmm. if he can run the floor, uh, if he can play in space, kind of kind of check off all those boxes. But one thing with Kyle. When he got the ball in the post, or sometimes when he come down with an offensive rebound, or somebody would throw it down, dump it down to him, and he just didn't look natural. 
Like, just go up with it. His first instinct was to get it and kick it back out, get right. it and kick or, it out. Or just to get it and do something other than just go up and dunk the basketball. Yep. Just be the seven-footer yeah. that you are. Don't if put I was, the ball if I was on the floor. If I was seven, I would dunk everything. I would right. not make anything other than a, than right. a dunk shot. I mean, how many times did we hear Rick say, don't dribble the ball. Stop putting the ball on the floor. Which is to say, if he can do that stuff that Kyle did, and I think he can because he's played the game longer, uh, and then he can add that a little bit more natural with the ball, a little bit better first instinct knowing what to do with the basketball, uh, I think it would be huge for Tennessee. And, and I think I, I want to be clear about this too. My question about you know Plavsic will be a lot of the questions I have about Burns. I know, and the same thing with Kent too, really. I'll say the same exact thing for Zach Kent. I know all three of those guys have offensive skill because with Plavsic, I've heard, I've heard enough people tell me that he does. And with Kent and with Burns, I have seen it in person. I've seen the offensive skill they have. They're big men who can step out and shoot. They're not uncomfortable with the ball in their hands. Uh, they can go up with either hand and score. Uh, Burns can extend it to the three-point line. Kent can extend it to the three-point line. Th- these are guys who have plenty of offensive skill. My big question is, can any of them play defense? That is and, – and we know this. We know this about Rick Barnes, that unless he has – virtually no other options he will play the guys who can guard people because he just you know they want to play that 94 feet in your face man to man Uh, they don't want to get killed on the boards they want to be strong you know in the post defensively they want to be able to out leverage people in that way and if those guys if none of those guys will play defense very well then that's going to really 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 make it a long season in Barnes' mind because he's going to have to try to teach those guys how to do that and then will will he do more things like with Fulkerson at the five and play some 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 murder ball and try to run around and and do that because he at least says you know what at least Fulkerson will give me effort in there and at least he'll try to go in there and get boards and hold people off and and, and that's going to be the question to me but but what I see about this team next season you know and and I still think they're, they're going to add another piece I, I just I do uh, I think they're going to add another piece and we'll see what happens there and if that piece can play this season or not but I I think that. What I like about this team is some of the same stuff and I liked about last season's team. And I I think as long as Rick Barnes is at Tennessee, you're going to see this. This team will have combinations it can throw at you. And when you're a young team trying to figure out how to win, uh, that can help you because you can say, well, this guy didn't have it tonight. He's just, you know, I want to put him on the bench. He's only going to play five minutes. This other guy's going to play 31 minutes tonight. Maybe he'll play eight minutes the next night. But he will find five-man combinations that can work. And that's going to be something that I think this team will be able to do. I, I don't I don't think that Barnes will go into the season knowing exactly what the rotation is going to look like. I think he'll have guesses in his mind. But uh, I think that they're going to have to develop it. I think it's going to be a work in progress. Um, but I think this team will have – some small ball lineups that can play. I think it'll have some big ball lineups that can play. Uh, I, I think this team will have options, and I think those options are going to be necessary because they got to figure out who they are. Yeah, I think the the days of uh, having a starting five, the same starting five, thirty seven times in thirty seven games. Uh, I mean, this is this is a year in transition. I think that 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 that's long gone. I think he's going to play a ton with his lineups. Uh, yeah, he's going to start Turner. And Bone, I mean, Turner and Bowden, and then we'll see. I don't know. Do you start both of them, or do you bring one of them off the bench? They've been so good coming off the bench. 
uh, either one of them. I just don't know if you can afford it, at least going into the season. Maybe yeah, somebody's going to have to step up and, and take ownership of the three. Because you need a bench score. You do. Right. And and, and Josiah's going to be the guy at the one. And if that, if that happens, then you can play around with with uh, with about Bowden Lamonte. Uh, and then in the post, uh, is Euros uh, eligible? Uh, is, is DJ a center? Is he more of a power forward? How does he serve you best? Uh, in those positions, professionally uh, a four maybe, but at the college right, game a five. Right, and I mean Zach Kent. I mean his first thing when he got here was to get in a weight room and learn how to bang in the post. Those were the two things that he needed to do. Has he done that? Uh, he's obviously been in a weight room, uh, but can he bang in the post? Can Euros bang in the post? I mean, there, there's more than just playing in space and touch and all that stuff. Uh, and it's it's going to be a, a a thing of consistency and trust. And how much does Rick trust you? Uh, he's not going to play you if he doesn't trust you. Uh, and if he doesn't feel good about a starting five, he's going to play with it a ton and, and mix it up and mix and match. And, and that's one thing. There there are pieces to mix and match and, and figure out what you can do best here. Uh, but it's going to be a long time before we uh, know kind of what that looks like. And before we step out of here, there are two guys we've not mentioned nearly enough. We need to mention both of them now. Uh, I mentioned them a little bit at the top there. Jalen Johnson is a guy who uh, has maybe as much natural offensive skill as any you know guard on the team. He just is a natural score and if if you were to if you could take him and put him on the floor and take the handbrake off of him just let him play I don't know how many people can keep him from putting the ball in the bucket because he's got such great range on his jump shot he's got such great elevation on that jump shot he's got he's six seven with long wingspan uh, so he's got great size for that position uh, he's not great defensively and I don't know if he ever will be but uh, I think he's a guy who uh, I think he has suffered more than anyone because Schofield moved to the three, and that mm-hmm. really, that sorry, I banged on the table there. He, I mean, he's had opportunities, limited opportunities. Yeah, because when he's been in there, Rick, he, Rick's not told him. Rick's told him to watch. You know, don't go out there and be aggressive. And I think isn't that his game? It would be aggressively right, scoring yeah. the ball. That's. I mean, that's what he's going to have to do. Uh, he's he's another guy. I mean, there's so many different pieces on this team where uh, if that person performs it drastically changes kind of what you think about this team uh, and Jalen's a big one too I mean he's somebody's got to do something right there on the wing whether that's that's moving Bowden down if, if you do that you lose uh, the the possibility of a Turner or a Bowden coming off the bench and really giving you that energy and scoring uh, off the bench which they've done so well the last couple of years uh, can Jalen I mean now's the, it's time for Jalen to do something, or you you start wondering what's next for him. It's go or get off the pot it, it, here. It's, it's that time, and it's it's getting to be that time with Eve Ponds. I mean, where that does he other, fit that, in? That was my other guy. Uh, is he a three? Is he a four? Is he better served at the four because he can uh, rebound and block shots, and he's a little bit more effective there. He's got to get a lot better defensively. He's got to get a lot better offensively. He just kind of needs to become more uh, comfortable and consistent in all facets of his game. Uh, but, yeah, the, those two guys, it's time for Jalen to – I mean, the, the opportunity is there like it's never been there before. Uh, and his leash is going to have to be longer than it's ever been before. It's just a matter of how much does he take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I think this regarding Pons, I, I think it's been a confidence issue with him as much as anything. You can tell when he gets the ball sometimes he's trying to do two or three things at once, and he's not just relaxing and playing. And w- here's what's weird to me. I think if Pons were a guy, if Tennessee hadn't been competing for championships each of the past two seasons and there wasn't quite as much pressure on each and every game and each and every possession, I think there's a chance that Pons could have been more comfortable and developed into a really good player. Because, you know, France is 
I'm not I'm not going to go so far as to say a world power in basketball, but France has got players. France when you when you go to these, you know, European tournaments, when you go to the Olympics, France always puts a pretty solid team on the court. And this guy has been one of the best players in his age group in France basically since he was in middle school. This kid I think can play some basketball. He just I think he's he's been living in his own head and I think he's been Naturally, he just wants to please everybody. He's an incredibly nice kid. He really is. Um, and so he just kind of wanted to, to go on and get along. And he, he kind of felt like he was just supposed to play defense and, and provide energy. I think they have to have some conversations with him in the offseason of, okay, this is your third year now, Eve. You need to relax. You need to go out there and you need to play. You need to, right. go, you need to go shoot because he can shoot a little bit. Uh, he's streaky, um, but when you just watch them practice, there are times where you go, oh, "That kid gets it. He's gonna he start to get it." And when that light bulb comes on, holy crap! Such a freak athletically that that he's something special. Um, but I think with Pons, what they're gonna have to do, and I might be wrong about this, but the more I think about it, they're just gonna have to put him out there and let him make mistakes and get over it. And they they can't. Rick can't pull him the second he makes a mistake because that's not how you're going to get the best out of this kid, I don't think. I don't think he's one that you can push like that. He's an incredibly hard worker. He'll work as hard as anyone in the program, not named Lamonte Turner. He, he lives in the gym. He puts up shots. He works out. He eats clean. He does all the things he needs to do. He just needs confidence. He and, needs and, to, I, and I don't know how you go do that other than you let a kid play. I think, he, yeah, I agree. He's going to have to have a, like we said, with Jalen, a longer leash. Uh, he's going to have to have some success defensively uh, because he, he's focused so much on his defense. That's that's what he wanted to be uh, when he got here was a, a versatile defender, a stopper, and he struggled on defense. He, he, gets, he got lost. He gets lost during long possessions, uh, gets out of place. I mean, he's going to have to have success on defense, I think, before he – can settle in and, and be a little bit more comfortable and, and confident in his abilities and stuff like that. But I think that's where it starts. He's going to have to have that longer leash and, and a bigger opportunity, which should be there. They're going to have to be patient with him a little bit, but he's going to have to be a better defender uh, before he turns into better other stuff. Before we step out of here, Pat, your thoughts on the uh, on the Champions League final? I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Are you nervous? Are you excited? What are you? No, I'm, I feel pretty confident they're going to win. Can I give you a bit of advice after Wednesday? No, don't even – don't even – I don't want to hear anything. Just The, the famous West Rucker jinx is on the way. Please don't. Just, just you know, maybe be optimistic, but don't be too confident because then your life comes crashing down before you and, and you know – Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's because – That's on you for being confident on Wednesday when you had no reason to be confident. Yeah, that's for you being confident in Arsenal. I'm being confident in a team that it's true. has been excellent. But, you know, the but co- all that doesn't matter because it's a one-off game. So. The Cubs were bad for most of my life, so I, I I got through that and I was okay. And then they went to the first four. That was cool. <laughs> they went to baseball after blowing a huge division lead in the final. Went to baseball's season. version of the past four. And, and I will say this before we step on out quickly: that I don't know when we're re- when we're releasing this, so I can't you know say too much about it because maybe they've gone two and q maybe they're out but uh congratulations to tony vitello and his tennessee baseball program uh they've really you know for a guy who is playing in by far the toughest division toughest conference in in the country uh, to step in in year two and to have a team with the top 15 rpi and to have a team that gets to a, a regional that guy's done a good job 
he and pitching coach Frank Anderson, their strength staff there, everybody in that program, uh, they've done a really nice job rebuilding that program. And I think if they can lock him up, I think better days are coming for Tennessee baseball. Uh, I think we can say John Curry got that one right. Shout out, John Curry. Former uh, Go Boss 24-7 Facebook star. Go Deeks. John Curry. Deke up. Guys, thanks Deeks for, up. Is that how you say it? No. Is that what you say? It's well, family-friendly podcast. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, as always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is just Grant Ramey on Twitter. Uh, Ryan Callahan, who was not here for this episode, is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. You can also find all of us on Twitter at twitter.com slash govols247. If you want just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, sir. You don't want any of our me talking Arsenal and Cubs and yard maintenance and whatever else random things I talk about. Grant talk, you know, passive aggressively making fun of people without using a single capital letter. Uh, Patrick going on some of his angry uh, Memphis rants that he that he's prone to from time to time. Angry driver, Pat. If you don't want to hear me on my Twitter account talking about Pat as an angry driver, you can go there. You can also go to our Facebook page. These two gentlemen at the table here with me have done an outstanding job with our Facebook no, page. Let's not get carried away. Facebook.com slash. No, you have. Take credit for that. Facebook.com slash. Good job, Grant. Go Vols 24-7. Uh, or if you want to drink straight from the hose, you can go to GoVols247.com. Get it straight from the hose. If you're just like, just give me all the news, you can go there. We've always got really good deals. Uh, going on now, you missed uh, the really, really, really good deal Thursday, but but we will have more good deals throughout the summer. We've got a good deal right now. Go check us out. Get a trial. Give us a look. I think you'll probably like it. We need to pour one out for Grant's gym before we leave. R.I.P. R.I.P. Gold's gym. Alcoa. That's why he's wearing sunglasses. He's he's crying underneath it's emotional. There. This is the most emotion that Grant shows. I will love again. <laughs> we should have played Sarah McLaughlin on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Grant, aside from your gym, do you have any final thoughts? Or Pat, do you have any final thoughts? No. No. Nothing. Nope.